Hey, what's going on? Not much. Have a good Christmas? Mm, it was all right. Yeah. Typical. Uh, sorry. <laughs> How was yours? <sighs> quiet. Yeah. Painfully quiet. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? Happy holidays. Yes, welcome to season two of Huckleberry. <laughs> How was your Christmas? Did you have a good day? It was lovely. It was very low-key. Yeah. I social distanced from the world. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Yeah, especially down here. Yeah. But the president says it's okay in Florida. <sighs> yeah... <laughs> And that that lovely person that you all put into power, Mark Rubio, who got in line. Well, I know, but like who got in line first for the vaccine is now dissing the vaccine and masks again. Mm, Of course he is. He's an idiot. Like he's a little fuck, man. He's seeing what the Trump base wants to see. Yeah, well. And he thinks this is going to help him. I don't know how it's going to help him because (laughs) in less than 30 days. The Trumpster is gone. Woohoo! <clears throat> now they're talking about how they've they've started to talk to other family members about making sure he leaves on the twentieth, and they might just lock them out of the White House on the nineteenth. <laughs> I don't think he's going back from Mar a Lago personally. <sighs> I think he's going to find a way to stay in Mar a Lago and just be like, "Look, this is where I'm going to not do my job from." Right. For the rest of the month. Yeah, and that'll let them go in and fumigate. Well, that's true too. Do all that kind of shit. So I did see a news story where they said that they're worried that the Trump family is trashing the White House before they leave. <laughs> well, I mean, their very presence is trashing the White House. Yeah. Well, poor Donald is, you know, with all these people that are dying and people that are losing their benefits. He's the only thing he's worried about is Melania not being on the cover of fashion magazines. That's because she's old and hideous and a whore. And if you want to look up naked pictures of her, you can on Google. For free. For free. Yeah. So why would you put that? Why would you put her on a magazine? Because she's an upstanding citizen? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, no. So anyway. All going to be over soon. Hopefully. So Christmas was interesting in this house. I decided uh, the kid wanted a... um, a Nintendo Switch, and she's been asking for one for a couple of years. Yeah. And I figure since the world's ending anyway, why not have something that she wants? So um, I did make her work for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I 3D printed a cover of like a Switch, of, of a wall plate, like a light yeah. plate that had Nintendo and the Switch graphic on it. Okay. And went out and bought an actual light Switch and put it in there. 
and put mm-hmm. it in a box with coal and wrap that up <laughs> and started handing her gifts on Christmas morning. And the first thing that she opened was a, it was a micro SD card and she wasn't really sure what that was about. And then she opened other gifts that pertained to a Nintendo switch. And then she got a couple of games from my dad and, um, she got a, a case. So she was like getting really, really excited. And I said, well, there's only one box left under the, under the tree. Do you want to open that? And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she opened it and it was the thing that I made her. And you could see in her face shift from happiness to sadness almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Now I was laughing my ass off cause I thought it was funny. And so she was on the verge of tears and we had talked about like, well, maybe we should let her like go through breakfast before we give her the real one. Yeah. But with how she looked, um, I had to give her the first one or the real one, which was like behind the couch. (laughs) So she was a little ticked off on Christmas morning, but wow. You know, I got that joke. So whatever. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure she's going to start looking for the worst nursing home she can find right now. Uh, well, it wouldn't be for me, so it's okay. Because <laughs> I'm I'm still the favorite in the house. So. No, that doesn't say much. <laughs> no, no. So, but uh, it it was fun. I, I had a I had a fun moment. Because you got to make a work for it. I mean, it's not just like here's here's the gift. Like, you know. I thought you like had given her like tasks to perform. No, that's next year. You need to clean our cars and <laughs> you need to rake up all the leaves and all the manual child labor that I can get her to do. You need to express the dog's anal gland. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the only one in the house that does that. Ew. <laughs> what? It's good for them. Oh, I just can't. Oh, see, that's no. You got to you got to hold your breath when you do it because the smell is unique. Oh, I bet. But yeah. Yeah, no. You know, it, it's, no babies, no pets. I ain't wiping no wiping nobody's ass. Uh, well, you know. Sometimes you just got to do it. No, I'm good. Okay. So the other thing we did on Christmas was we uh I subscribed to HBO Max and we watched Wonder Woman 1984. Oh. Um did you get a chance to see it? I've not. Okay. Um, let me preface this by saying I genuinely liked most of the first Wonder Woman movie. Okay. It has some issues at the end. The third act is a little rough CG wise and story wise. Um, if you've seen it, it, the, the idea that the dude you've been following is actually the villain and he turns into this God and he doesn't look very good, whatever. Say what you want. The, the majority of the first Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie is good. Okay. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 is an unbridled mess of a movie. I would rather watch Green Lantern than watch this movie again. If that tells you how bad it is. Hmm. Okay. It. It's. Uh, how, how do I even put this? Patty Jenkins took the idea of finding a magic lamp 
and wishing for unlimited wishes and made it into a movie and tried to shove Wonder Woman into it. Oh. And there's this underlying story about being truthful and not greedy that falls apart um, within the confines of, of the mid eighties. And in my opinion, Pedro Pascal is completely wasted in this movie. Um, he's kind of over the top, but not really a villain. And okay. Steve Trevor coming back is a complete mess. And it's just not good, man. Oh, I can understand why they were like, we should put this on HBO max for free. Right. It's painful. It's two and a half hours. Oh, um, there's about an hour between the first time you see Diana as wonder woman. And the next time you see her as wonder woman, mm. um, there are no, in the first one, there's that great scene where she's got to cross no man's land during world war one. Um, that's, and it's the first time you really kind of see her and her powers. There's nothing like that in this. It's almost like when they made, um, Superman returns and they felt that, um, they shouldn't show Superman throwing a punch. Okay. That's what happens in this movie. Like she's hitting people, but like, it's more about like, how can you talk to them in order to, to change their mind? Um, there's a scene in the film that actually uses music from a different movie and not a, not a different DC movie. They took a piece of music that was written for the sci-fi film sunshine. It's okay. called Adagio in D, which has become kind of like, it's become a big trailer song for a lot of movies. Okay. Um, they use that in a pivotal scene in this film instead of writing a piece of music for themselves. Hmm. And I don't understand why. I, I, I can't recommend this movie. It's... If you like the first one, don't watch this one. It's painful, man. The 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 internet movie database reviews are really really hard on this film and it's most of what they're saying is true. Um I I don't know what happened. I don't know how unless you're a corporate chill and people are paying you to say good things about these movies. The people that saw it ahead of time and were like, this is wonderful. I don't get, it's got a, it's got a 5.9 out of 10 on internet movie database. Wow. Um, and I would say that that is being kind to it. <sighs> um, um, let me just read you a couple of these. The first movie was incredible. I can't believe how bad this movie is. The story and the script are embarrassing. The acting was bad, but my God, the whole story seemed like a joke. 
Uh, that's a spoiler, so I won't read that one. Uh, Dreadful Direction. Godot is woefully wooden. What the hell happened to Chris Pine? As Kirk, the world was at his feet. Editing is shocking. Pacing is dreadful. 45 minutes too long. Um, so, and here's where I think, um, I, what I think happened to this movie is that in the first movie, they had Brett Ratner as kind of a behind the scenes producer that was leading the movie. And then me too happened. And Brett Ratner was pretty much relegated to obscurity because apparently he's an absolute douchebag to women on movie sets. So when they announced, um, when they announced Wonder Woman two, Patty Jenkins said, well, I'm not coming back unless one Brett Ratner isn't there. And two, I get total creative control. And I think she's very much like Zack Snyder. And the fact that like, if she's got a good producer behind her, she produces something that's fun to watch. Okay. When she's in total control, it falls apart. And now I'm really, really worried about that Star Wars movie she's making. Yeah. Hmm. Well, do you think that Filoni or Favreau are going to play a part in her directing? I think they're going to be too busy with all the the, the TV stuff. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be involved. I think that's going to be um, Kathleen Kennedy. Ugh. And we know what she's like. Yeah. Girl power. Well, and that's the thing. Like uh, Gal, Gad- Gal Gadot is a producer on this film along with Patty Jenkins. And it's, it's very much the, the first, the first 10 minutes of the film happens on Themyscira. So it's all women. The next five to 10 minutes is a heist in a mall where, uh, Wonder Woman just beats up on bad guys and it, they're all like over the top caricatures of like eighties men. And there's definitely a, a feminism overlay up until you get Chris Pine and then the movie shifts. And then Diana is like putty in his hands and it's like, wait, what? Huh? And even the way he comes back is so fucking stupid that I can't believe that people sat in a room and said, well, that'll work. That's so sad. Yeah. I mean, I really wanted to like this movie too. All the trailers looked really cool. You know, there's, they try to do these little homages. There's kind of a, there's kind of an Indiana Jones homage in the middle of the film. Um, that is like the reverse of of the going under the truck and Raiders, yeah, type thing. Except, okay, instead of going from front to back, they're going back to front. Um, and I was like, I can see all the little nods to things, but as a movie, and I don't know how old Patty Jenkins is. I'm assuming she's around my age, which means she lived through the '80s, right? But a lot of the '80s stuff was if. If somebody was born in at, in 2000 and you said, what do you think the, the 1980s was like? And all they knew about was pop culture shit. This is what this is the movie they would have made. Hmm. 
it's that I mean, that's how ridiculous the eighties part of this is. Like every trope of whatever. Does it say how old she is? Nineteen seventy one. Okay, so she's actually three years older than me. Okay. So she lived through the eighties, damn it. So I don't know. I just I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend this. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, if you can do without it, don't watch it. All right. It's on the do not watch list. Yeah. Uh, we we also watched the the second season episode of um, Disney Gallery mm-hmm. with the making of the Mandalorian season two. Um. I'm a little sad that it was only one episode that we're not getting like eight. Yeah, me too. But I understand like they can't get everybody in a room for COVID reasons, I guess. I guess. (laughs) I did. uh, So there were a couple of interesting things in it. Um, I'm, I'm assuming they came back to shoot more with Ahsoka. Because there is footage of Dave Filoni on set with her where the crew members are wearing masks. Okay. And I was under the assumption that they had finished filming all of their stuff before any kind of pandemic lockdown happened. Before the idea of wearing masks was a thing. So I'm assuming that there were all those rumors back in like September-ish when they were supposed to put out a trailer and they didn't that they were doing something more with Ahsoka. I'm assuming that that's what that footage comes from. Hmm. Okay. Um, because it's, it's very much them in masks and it's the only time you see people in masks during the whole thing. Um, but they didn't, I was really upset that they didn't go into the Luke Skywalker thing. That that's just completely left out of this. I, Yeah, it, it, (laughs) they showed a lot of cool stuff on behind the scenes stuff, but it kind of felt not finished. Well, it's missing the stories. It's missing them sitting around a table and bouncing their stories off of each other. Well, yeah. Like in the first one. It was, we're going to do this again and we're going to do all the behind the scenes filming stuff. And then it just kind of, they couldn't do, they couldn't do the round table stuff. So they were just left with what they had shot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I mean, seeing like tomorrow Morrison on top of the rock with a cowboy hat on. Oh yeah. And like the fact that Robert Rodriguez playing guitar with baby Yoda. yeah, Yeah. All that stuff was cool. Um, you know, tomorrow Morrison adding in his Maori like fighting uh-huh. style to Boba Fett. Yep. Like all that shit. The fact that they, um, they went through when they recreated Jabba's palace, mm-hmm. they went through still photos and made sure the cracks were correct in the ceiling. Yep. Like yep. that kind of shit is crazy. Right. But it's that attention to detail that we talked about that, like with Filoni and Favreau being fans, 
mm-hmm. that it is um it is like hey Bib Fortuna had an act, and his action figure had a staff. He didn't have that right. in the movie, but we're going to put that in the thing because that staff is actually canon. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Like that just that shit just amazes me. But yeah. I guess when you have all that access to you know, the archive, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I I I mean, I I liked the fact that they recreated that entire set for such a short piece of film and that they understood, they understand the limitations of the void. Whereas they know what it's really good at and they know what's going to make people go, Oh, that didn't work. Right. Exactly. So before they, you know, do something stupid, they acknowledge it right up front. Yeah. They had no clue where to, to like, cut those lines of like where the background should be yep. because of how small the actual throne room set was. So you sit there and you have to say, okay, well, what angles are we going to shoot? And I, I would assume that the decision was probably made before shooting that there was probably going to be a Boba Fett uh, show. Okay. And knowing that this was a set they'd probably need for his miniseries. Mm-hmm. I think that it was one of those things of like, okay, well we're going to put this, um, we're going to, we're going to use this again. So let's make sure that, um, this is something that is accurate enough to, because we're going to come back to it. Right. And yeah. Then- I mean, they, they just keep knocking it out of the park. And then bringing back Matthew Wood, who was Bib Fortuna in episode one. Mm -hmm. But like Matthew Wood's day job is like sound design. Right. Uh, He was the voice of General Grievous at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, He's done all this stuff and like he's not an actor. Well, I mean, he's he's done voice acting and stuff, but he's done it out of necessity. And now he gets to come back into this world for a short time. And do that again because uh, Filoni and Favreau understand the continuity and what what needs to be there. Mm-hmm. But it, it now it's sounding like that uh, Mandalorian season three might not be until twenty twenty two. The beginning of that because um, John Favreau was on Good Morning America uh, this week. I guess before Christmas at some point. And he was talking about how they're in the middle of shooting the Boba Fett season now. And that pre-production isn't starting on Mandalorian until after that's done. Right. So now we're looking at, um, Boba Fett coming out in December and he, Favreau said Christmas of next year of 2021, which means if that is four episodes, that won't be over until January, which means Mandalorian doesn't start until January. So that's kind of, that kind of sucks, but well, there's going to be so much coming out anyway. So yeah, <clears throat> I'm hoping that I have faith in these guys at least. 
Cause it's, it almost sounds like, um, Filoni's going to show run Ahsoka, obviously, since he created mm-hmm. her. But, and I don't know whether that means that he's going to be involved that much in the Mandalorian season three, or if it's just going to be Favreau. Right. Um, I mean, either way, I think it's fine, but I think together they work, they work well. Cause I don't know if you noticed in that, in that making of, there was a little scene where that they were talking about episode one of mm-hmm. the second season yep. and Favreau wanted Mandalorian to say McClunky. Yes. And, and, um, and Filoni was like, no, uh, uh-uh, you can't do that. And he's like, oh, come on. It means whatever. Let's just put it in. He's like, no, <laughs> no, that's not something he would say. Although Bib Fortuna says it at the very end. Right. Um, but so, so like Filoni kind of wrangles in Favreau, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Cause you think it'd be the other way around. I, I think there's a lot of respect for Filoni in the industry right now. Uh, a ton. I just hope they don't decide that he's too valuable to be involved in the day-to-day operation that they give him a Kathleen Kennedy type role. That would be amazing if they would just hand him that. Yeah, but I don't think he wants to get away from the creativity, but I don't think you have to, I don't think so. So under Kathleen Kennedy, there's been five movies and a TV show, right? Mm hmm. She was very vocal in the beginning about saying like, we're not Marvel. You're people will get burned out on star Wars. We can't do what Marvel's doing. And now all of a sudden Disney has said, well, we think you are like Marvel. And we think that star Wars is too big of a moneymaker to sit on the sideline with one film every couple of years. So we're going to do this. I think that, as like an executive producer type creative role, Filoni could do the day-to-day stuff and be involved in the TV shows as well. Mm, okay. Because at that point you're hiring other people. Like if he wanted to focus on, on Ahsoka and, um, and Mandalorian, he could do that. But like, you know, do like weekly check-ins with the people over at Kenobi and, you know, making sure that people are going under the ideal that him and George share for whatever. So I do think that's possible. I think it's possible to have a hand in all that and still have that creative control over the entire thing. Very much like what Faggy does. Yeah. Um, it would be a little bit more involved than that, but they're not also trying to interweave like 15 stories into a gigantic thing at the end. Right. So I think that there's definitely room for that. I think he should be running at least the story group of how it all does fit in. Right. And you know, okay, you want to make a movie? Well, you have to get a, you have to get an audience with Dave Filoni and he's got to okay it as part of the star Wars canon. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. But. 
I don't know. It's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. It is. It is. There's some amazing stuff out there. Yep. It's a good time to be a nerd. Oh, that it is. Because whether you like that or you like superhero stuff with all the Marvel TV shows coming out or, you know, there's there's something for everybody right now in the nerdy outlet. Mm-hmm. It's not like when I was a kid when you get beat up for wearing a Star Wars shirt. <laughs> now it's the cool thing. That's right. You're welcome, millennial nerds. <laughs> I paved the way, damn it. That's right. You're a trendsetter. I am. So what have you been watching? When... Uh, not too much outside of Christmassy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Tis the season and all. Tis it is. <laughs> Tis it is. Yeah. Well, it used to be. Now it's over. <laughs> well, until next year. That's right. Did you watch anything that would become a new like tradition for you as far as like watching every year? Um, no, <laughs> I, I would, I would watch Christmas Chronicles three. I don't know if I would go back and watch one and two. Oh, okay. And there really isn't anything like you've got your your tradition of watching Muppet Christmas Carol every year. Right. I'm kind of fickle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's like I don't have one thing that I just have to watch every year. I kind of kind of played it by ear. Watched a lot of the Netflix stuff that was out this year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh old Rankin Bass specials, you know, Year Without a Santa Claus, Rudolph. Santa Claus coming to town. But, um, yeah, no, I can't think of anything that would be a new tradition. Okay. Fair enough. Did you? No. Um, I don't watch a lot of the newer stuff that comes out. Um, the wife and kid watch all of it. And yeah. they tell me what they think is good and nothing has ever really appealed to me as like, you know, this is something that I want to watch as far as like Christmas movies. Okay. Um, You're not a big Hallmark movie fan? No. No, I don't watch, I, I don't watch any of the Hallmark stuff. This, the stuff that was on Netflix this year, I haven't seen Christmas Chronicles. You or, haven't. Or part two, no. I mean, oh. I'd like so, Kurt Russell, but as Santa, I don't know. He's really good. He looks good it's, in the part. It's kind of like Snake Plissken giving out Christmas gifts. <laughs> um, the first movie played better. Like there's this, there's this sequence where he gets thrown in jail. Okay. And, and because he's lost his hat, he no longer has his magic powers. And 
he decides he's going to spread some Christmas cheer and there's this big musical number. <laughs> okay. Featuring, featuring little Steven. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, that I thought was really fun. But then in the second movie, there's another big musical sequence that takes place in an airport where everybody's flights are canceled. Yeah. And even though it features Darlene Love, who's like rock and roll legend, um, it's kind of forced. Yeah. And the the elves are weird. They're like CG, like trolls. Yeah, they're like hairy. They have pointy ears and tails. And they speak Swedish or Dutch or Polish or something. <laughs> um, in the second movie, they... They definitely spent more money on the CGI. Okay. Because the first movie was a little weak. <laughs> and I I just thought it was kind of a typical Christmas story. You know, kids save Christmas. And you see Santa and Mrs. Claus, who's Goldie Hawn. And, mm-hmm. But I can't see watching it again. No, well, rewatchability is a big thing, definitely. Yeah, like I can rewatch the three Santa Claus movies. Okay. And kind of see something different each time, and I, I, I pretty much enjoy those. I enjoy the humor and even the third one with with, with Jack, Jack Frost. Frost? Because oh. I like the way that Jack Frost takes over Christmas and totally commercializes it. <laughs> Where he's got like his own little North Pole, North Pole theme park, and everything's yeah. an upcharge. Yeah, I like that part. Okay. Um. But yeah, and <laughs> dear Hollywood, when are you gonna let women just get old gracefully? Why? Goldie Hawn is seventy-four years old this year. Yeah. Nobody is telling Kurt Russell to dye your hair and get plastic surgery and wear makeup. And yet Goldie Hawn looks like one of those puffy Applehead dolls. (laughs) Okay. And I feel bad for her. She's 74. She should be in a rocking chair with the grandkids. Well, do you think that Kurt forced her into this or do you think that she saw an opportunity to be back on the screen and said, Ooh, you know, who would make a good Mrs. Claus me. Um, I'm sure somebody floated it to Kurt because he's got a producer credit on the third (laughs) on the second one. Okay. Um, but it's not that far fetched of an idea. It's like, you know, you've got this this Hollywood power couple who are known as being, you know, the epitome of the, the perfect relationship. Right. So why not use that? And the first one, she's really just a cameo. And the second one, she's got a, a more flushed out role. I mean, it was enjoyable, but it's just not rewatchable, I don't think. Okay. I mean, there's some really cool production design stuff. Yeah. But, but. I really wanted to love this movie. I really did. I thought Kurt Russell looked good. And at the beginning, um, he ends up 
getting thrown off course because these two kids sneak into his sleigh and the little girl is getting cold. So she taps him on the shoulder and they both, you know, they both scream and then the reindeer go out of control. And (laughs) it's this crazy, you know, theme park simulator attraction type film. (laughs) And he's pissed at the kids. You know, he tells them you're on the month, you're on the naughty list forever now and (laughs) just go home. It's like over a thousand miles from home. (laughs) And he's just going to leave them there. Um, I don't know. It could have been better. Okay. And it's a, it's produced by a Polish film company. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So it must have been something that they made the first one and then sold it to Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe Swedish or. I mean, Kurt Russell makes a really good looking Santa Claus. Oh, he makes a great Santa Claus. I'll, I'll give him that for sure. He makes a great. And one of the ongoing, one of the ongoing jokes is that he doesn't say ho, ho, ho. Uh. <laughs> until the very end of the second movie. Uh, So the production company credits on the first one are. 1492 Pictures, Madhouse Entertainment, and Netflix. Mm, the credits had it looked like it was something else. Apparently they shot in Ontario for the tax credit. Uh, they also shot in Massachusetts, outside of Boston. Okay. Uh, I mean, there were other companies involved, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I there's just something about the credits that made me think that it was bought from somebody else. Oh, okay. You know, like that horrible Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, Captain Hook movie? Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. Maybe not. Maybe I was drunk. <laughs> Possible. Maybe you just watched so many things that you, you weren't sure. Well, that could be it too. Production companies for the second one were 1492 Pictures and Wonder Worldwide. Mm. And apparently it got a limited theatrical release because the distributor says Cinemark Theaters. Okay. Along with Netflix. I'll have to go back and look at it. Hmm. Okay. All right. So speaking of women that aren't great, um, aging gracefully. <laughs> okay. I tried to watch mad about you. Yeah. I got through two episodes. Okay. Before I needed to stop because I don't know who that is on screen, but that's not Helen hunt. Yeah. I'm fairly convinced that whoever that is murdered Helen Hunt and then had surgery <laughs> to kind of look like her. Okay. But that's not Helen Hunt. I, I don't know what happened to her. And her character is so fucking annoying. She's kind of a bitch. Holy shit, dude. I, I, I wanted to watch them all. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah. I, 
I sat there and I was like, my life is not long enough to waste on more of this, like her being a horrible parent to her child. Yeah. And I think it was okay when they were just horrible to each other. Uh, Yeah. But now that there's a, you know, a a child in college that they're kind of treating like shit. It's like, Hmm. I mean, I, I honestly like watching, watching that first episode where, so for the last 18 years, things have kind of been okay. And then when the kid leaves, all of a sudden they realize that they either, they don't like each other or whatever the fuck happened. Like it just kind of comes out of left field and it's just like, okay, wow, this is kind of horrible. Yeah. So then you miss the whole scene or the whole episode where Jamie is trying to convince, uh, what's his name that he should see his friend played by Richard Kine naked at the spa. No, didn't see that one. Yeah. It's a very funny episode. (laughs) I mean, and like, I liked, I liked like what you were talking about. I liked that they brought a lot of people back. Um, you know, if, if they were still acting, they, they were brought into the series. Mm-hmm. If they weren't acting like, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Richard Kind, like his wife from the, the original series. Right. Doesn't act anymore, so they didn't like try to entice her back. They just mm-hmm. married him off to a black woman. Right. Where okay, fine. Like you're introducing new characters, you got some stuff going on, it fine, whatever. But the two main people that you're following are the two of the most annoying people on the face of the earth who can't even get along with each other, and it's just right. like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, it's kind of at the point where like the the neuroses of both characters just doesn't work today. Right, exactly. You know, the, because they they feel they now feel to me like they are the type of people who will blog and post selfies and take pictures of their food and do all those annoying things that I just cannot understand why people do them. Yeah. And it's all about them. You know, it's not part of them being part of someone else's story. It's everybody has to be part of their story. (laughs) Yeah. And that's annoying. Yeah. I mean, and I feel bad for like the the supporting characters that, that got dragged into this as far as like the, the chick that's playing their kid mm-hmm. and the um, Paul Reiser's um, editing assistant. Yes. And like those people, because I think they were doing a, a, a half decent job. Mm-hmm. But when you're having to go up against um, Helen Hunt, who obviously is stuck in this horrible person mode. It just, I tried. I seriously tried. I was like, you know, these are half an hour each. I'll get through this. And it felt every single one of them felt like an hour. And I was like, I can't do this. 
Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty painful. But you're a completist. You like actually sit through all that stuff. I do. <laughs> I, I make the I make the commitment and I follow through. I was I was willing. My body was not able. <laughs> it just was not happening. And Helen Hunt looks weird. So I made it through, apparently looking at the list, I made it through two and a half. Because I watched part of the episode where she's going through menopause. Mm -hmm. And she's sweating. And just looks gross. And I was like, yeah, I can't. Sorry. nothing, Nothing against her or whatever, but no. Did you see the one where she's gotten in? She, well, probably not because you, you only watched the first couple. But then she goes into hormone therapy. Uh, yeah, no. I didn't even get and that And she far. gets incredible, um, incredibly horny. Okay. So most of the episode is them trying to do it. But there's kind of a time limit on her horniness. I think that's part of the third one i think that's part of the third episode okay because he's like paul's trying to like give a lecture or something and she calls him and says hey it's time and then he gets there and she's asleep yes that's it oh well yeah this is not one of those shows that translates well into modern day (laughs) i think this was a product of the mid to late 90s and it kind of just needs to stay there. Yeah. Kind of. Th- it's the same way I felt about the Connors. I don't care what these people are up to now. Yeah. Like it's not something that I, I truly feel like we need answered. Well, and they're not any better off than they were back in the eighties. Nope. In fact, they're much worse off. Yep. You know, that, that, Jackie has never stood up to her mother. Her mother is still a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan's got a shit job. Yep. You know, they brought in Katie Seagal and, you know, God bless her for putting up with that role. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, there's, there's nothing redeeming about any of the kids. No, the son, the son barely appears anymore. Yeah. It's all about Darlene and her boyfriend who used to publish a mugshot magazine. God. Yeah, I mean there's there's no reason for it. It does it's showing nothing different. Unless that's their point. Is that we are still in this position where, you know, basically the world sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just I can't, man. Like some of that stuff, it's just like you need to move on. I know those people want jobs or whatever. They're supporting they're supporting their crew and that's great. Sure. But at the same time come up with an original idea and do that. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But we do have the new Night Court re relaunched to be anticipating. Uh, see, I don't I don't know how I feel about that either now. I don't think it's going to work. No. I don't think it's going to work even if they go completely opposite 
John Larroquette's character, Dan Fielding, was in the 80s. That, you know, he's he's older, he's he's learned a lot, and maybe, you know, he's got a son who's doing what he was doing, and he's trying to prevent him from making the same mistakes. Right. It, I still don't see that working. Are there any reboots that they've done since this whole reboot thing has started that you felt added to the original and brought something to to make the reboot worth it. I thought the first season of Will and Grace was good. Okay. Because they basically threw out the finale episode and picked up from before that, or as if that never happened. Right. Um, but it didn't like dwell on all of the, um, the family dynamic of it. Cause in the finale, um, Will and Grace have been estranged for years and they're taking their kids to school and the kids both end up being in the same dorm. And you're kind of thinking, I was like, Oh, so this will be like, you know, Will and Grace 2.0. Right. They just kind of took it as like, okay, so here's a wacky episode with, Karen, and here's a wacky episode with uh, the college roommates, and here's a wacky episode with uh, Leslie Jordan's character. And it was just pure nostalgia. It's like, oh, okay, and this is really well written, and it's short, so you're not going to labor it. And then by the second season, there was this whole arc of both of them trying to have a baby, okay. and, it just, and it just bogged it down. Okay. And I think that's kind of where it goes. Like I, I just I started watching the One Day at a Time reboot, where they're all Spanish now. Right. And the only thing I liked about it was the grandmother. Huh. Okay. I didn't care about the family. That I mean, they were all adequate actors, but I just didn't buy into it. And it had um. Stephen Toblowski, mm-hmm. who was kind of the grandmother's boyfriend, but not really. And he just played another of his usually awkward characters. Right. Um, but the show itself just didn't work for me. Hmm. Okay. And I don't know. I don't know if it's the whole reimagining it as a, as a Latino family. I, I think if you've got a good story, it doesn't matter, you know, what the, the cast is comprised of. Right. And, and I think there's definitely something different to with a, with a reboot like that, as opposed to trying to bring back the original cast to be like, Hey, right. We're moving on. And it's like, Oh no. Yeah. I mean, I did like the, the, uh, the Norman Lear episodes that they did live, the Woody Harrelson, Marissa Tomei. Uh huh. Um, but again, it was, they were one-offs. They right. weren't going to remake this and you weren't going to see it, you know, every week. And they were going to do some of the episodes that weren't that great. It's like, okay, so you picked a solid ep- episode. You picked actors who probably aren't interested in doing a sitcom on a weekly basis. <laughs> and you were really successful. But I think when they get to the point where it's like, oh, this really worked, we should sign you to a, you know, a 13, a 22, whatever 
episode deal that you kind of get stuck and it's like, Oh crap. Now what do we do? <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I would rather see new, new shows be developed than trying to bring back the hits of the eighties and the nineties to see what sticks. Sure. And I mean, it, it's like, it surprised me at first when I heard they were doing Mad About You and it wasn't going to be on like NBC or whatever the channel was that it was originally aired right. on. Yeah. It had been relegated to some online channel or something like a channel that only like five people got. And I thought, well, well that's weird. But having seen them now, mm -hmm. seen a couple, it doesn't surprise me that that was the route that they took. Yeah. Because I don't know how they sold it other than, hey, we're going to see what they're doing now. And whoever greenlit it was like, well, do people really care? And the story is no, they don't. True. I mean, you know, there's every so often there's this talk about a big friends reunion. Yeah. And it's like, is it going to be better than the series? No, I mean, not at all. How is it anything but a cash grab? Right. And and that's exactly what it feels like. You know, it's like, okay, you know, I don't mind every so often if there's like a, you know, a Paley Center special where they get to cast together to, to talk and, you know, discuss their careers and the impact of the show and how it affected society. And, but to try to redo the show. Yeah. I, th I think failed. Yep. I absolutely agree. You know, it's like, I don't, the story was completed. I don't need to see anything else. Yep. I don't need to see Bert, Bert Ward squeezed back into a pair of tights <laughs> as the boy wonder. Oh yeah, you do. Oh, no. You want to see him like try to kneel down on the sidecar <laughs> and then Batman take a turn too fast and him go rolling off the side. You know, you want to see that. <laughs> They got to turn the bike around to go get him, and he's like all dusty in the on the side of the road. Yeah, come on, you know you want that. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything that I feel needs to be redone. No, and and waiting too long to do this, like. I don't know if you saw this week, they released a trailer for coming to America too, mm -hmm. which weirdly is going straight to Amazon, which I wasn't aware of. I thought that that was, they were going to try to stick that in a theater. Um, but at the end of the day, who was asking for coming to America too? What is it? 30 years later, right? You've waited too long. You've, you've, the, the 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 audience has moved on to other things. It's just going to be at that point, much like Mad About You and and all the other shows. It's a rehash of what made the the original thing popular. Right, you're putting them in the yeah, same it's... positions. You're putting they're they're visiting the same places. They're going through the same rigmarole. All the all the wacky costumes. Yeah. The, it's it's not about it's it's not about making the story better. It's about how can we do this for more money? 
Yeah. Hey, you know what's a good idea? Let's do another season about Mad About You. You know what's a good idea? Let's do another Coming to America. Like, no. Take those people and tell a different story. Even if you want to work with the same exact cast, just do something different. Well, it's like a a, the, a fish called Wanda. Yeah. They really liked that cast. The cast worked well together. Let's make a sequel that has nothing to do with the first movie. Right. It's like, well, that's great. That's great. You know, you're 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 bringing back what you thought was you know the the magic, mm-hmm. but you're not shoehorning it into a you know a sequel. Yes, exactly. You know, it's not Lethal Weapon Six. Right. Right. And and where Danny Glover, you know, once again says, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> there are definitely groups of actors that throughout Hollywood's history that when they found a, a, a pair that worked well together, they kept them in movies mm-hmm. to be like, Okay, you guys are gonna do a bunch of movies together because you work well together and audiences respond to you, so we can do this. Right. But it doesn't have to be the same characters in the same situations all the time. Right. You know, but you don't, you also don't do what, what was that God awful Kevin James TV show? Kevin can wait. Is that what it was? Kevin can wait. Yes. Where, Hey, you have really good chemistry with Leah Remini. So we're going to kill off your wife and bring her on. That's a dick move too. Like if you guys want to work on something, go work on another thing. But don't get rid of this actress just because you think that you've got better chemistry. Like, what the fuck sure. is that? So, but I also don't want a a King of Queens reunion special in 10 years where we got to check in on the Heffernans. Like, there's no point. Right. Let's not do that either. Let's just, if you two want to work together, go find a side project. Sure. Do it that way. But we don't need sequels 30 years later to shit. We don't need reboots of TV shows in order to see where these actors are in their lives now. Right. Well, and Ryan Murphy has done that with American Horror Story, where it's like you'll yes. see the same actors season after season, but yep. they're not playing the same roles. And then the fact that by the end of the series – They've actually all the stories have been interconnected somehow. Right. It's like, okay, that's just really clever. Right. Because it wasn't, you know, oh, here's Jessica Lang playing the same character every season. You know, every season she played somebody different who had different quirks. Right. Um, I mean, Sarah Paulson owes her an entire career to the fact that she bumped into Brian Murphy. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Because she's in everything he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, good for her, but like, oh, like the, the only thing that I've, I watched that, that is his, that she wasn't in was that Hollywood TV show. Right. But like nurse ratchet. Yeah. Whatever that was called ratchet. I guess it was just called ratchet That's Sarah Paulson. She's in the American. Um, what was that other thing he did about the OJ Simpson trial? Oh yeah. 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 Where she played, uh, where she played Marsha Marsha Clark. Clark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that like an American murder story or something? Yeah. And it was like he was going to do that alongside with American horror story. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, good for him for all these creative outlets and stuff. 
and being able to see that you can do really good storytelling in, you know, 12, 14 episodes and then move yep. on. Yep. You know, we've told the story time to tell them something different. To move on. Yes. Speaking of telling something different, have you seen the new ads for Batwoman? I saw the first one. <sighs> it's like, okay, so your whole point was that the Kate arc was complete. However, Alice is still the antagonist. Yep. So what kind of bullshit are you trying to pass off on us? They are in pure panic mode of how do you write in a new character quickly while you are um, having to set up a different main actor. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch the first season of Batwoman. I watched a couple of episodes and it really wasn't my cup of tea. So, mm -hmm. you know, I let it go, but having never having having not seen the show and having knowing what this new actress brings to the table it just seeing her in action and hearing her dialogue did not work for me and i don't know how that plays as an entire series yeah i i don't know i mean the 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 Batman mythos is so ripe for this storytelling, but they can't seem to get it right. No. Whether it was Gotham or Batwoman now or, you know, let's see what comes out next. I mean, C CW at one point was king of the superhero TV stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that whether it's superhero fatigue or... CW-ness of their shows hurt them in a way where people don't care anymore. Okay. You've got, you know, you've got uh, Ruby Rose walking away from Batwoman. You've got Supergirl ending, Arrow ended. You got Flash and League of Legends or Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow and the new Superman TV show. Oh yeah, Lois and Clark. Yeah, and they're getting rid of um, Black Lightning. I thought that was already gone. Because is it already gone? I, I, all I know is it's not coming I, back at that point. But they've got Marvel Girl or whatever her name is. Oh uh, yeah, is it Ms. Marvel? No, that's that's coming to Disney Plus. Oh. Star Girl. Star Girl. That's it. So yeah, I mean. I don't, I don't know. I, I think this is kind of the end of superhero TV shows in a lower budget medium. Yeah. I think maybe you'll get a season of the Superman TV show. Maybe two. I think the crossovers are dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, because the things that made the crossovers good are all gone now. Right. Exactly. So now what? I think, I think the, the, Last man standing is going to be the flash. And yeah. I, th I think they'll do that for another couple of years before that Peter's out. And then Oof. CW will start looking for other shows to fill those slots. 
um, especially with Disney Plus coming out with all the Marvel TV shows on the budgets yes. that they're on, that CW can't compete with that. Yeah. So I think I think they are going to have to. They're going to have to deal with the fact that they're always going to be compared to the Disney plus shows and that they're not as good. And at that point they're just going to start pulling the plug on these things. Yeah. But maybe it's time. It's, it's, it's time to like, let it breathe for a little bit. Yeah. Give, um, you know, give these, uh, give Marvel the chance to do their, their TV shows and see what happens and then move on. And if CW can bring something back, they're never going to get the, the lightning in the bottle that they did with the flash and uh, arrow, arrow in those first couple of seasons. Yep. It's just not happening. No matter who you bring in. Right. I mean, they, they did that whole thing in the crossover with, you know, um, the justice league building and mm-hmm. the table and all those people are gone now. And it's like, okay. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't really work. I don't know. It's maybe, maybe with HBO max signing on some of the DC TV shows like Titans and doom patrol and things like that, that maybe there's a future for more adultish DC heroes. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that the CW stuff is going to survive much longer. No, no. It's time for something new. Yeah. Yep. I think it's time for the Laugh Olympics TV series. <laughs> live action. Live action. There you go. I want to see live action Jabberjaw. <laughs> and Muttley. And Muttley. Penelope Pitstop. <laughs> Did you see, um, do you get me TV down there? Uh, no, but I saw a commercial with Barry Williams. So me TV is now starting to do old, um, 80s, 70s and 80s, uh, Saturday morning cartoons on Saturdays. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. They're doing like marathons in the morning and it's, it's hmm. like, I want to get up early on Saturdays now and eat cereal and watch TV. Because <laughs> I was trying to explain, uh, I was watching um, on YouTube. I was watching an episode of the old Woody Woodpecker TV show, and I was trying to explain to my kid like this was what was on when I was when I was your age that I watched a lot of. And she was like, "Well, I want to see them," and I was like, "Well, I really don't know where to find them." And then she wanted to watch Looney Tunes, and I was like, "Well, okay, Looney Tunes are a product of their time." um so we would probably have to watch those together in case you had any questions um but yeah i'm I'm kind of excited that me tv has bought the rights to all that stuff that's cool i went down a rabbit hole on youtube the other day of 80s toy commercials okay that that aired during like saturday morning cartoons and they are so bad but so nostalgic (laughs) <laughs> that it, it it is my childhood it's like wow okay look at that i had that and oh oh i always wanted that 
you know, and the kid was sitting there watching them with me and she was like, this is what you guys played with. It's like, shut up. <laughs> you were lame dad. <laughs> Look kid, you didn't understand. We had three channels. We had it. And you had to get up to walk across the room and change it. That's right. No, you get up and change it to channel seven. No, change it back to channel five. Ah, oh, the good times. Yeah, channel surfing was much harder back in the day. Yep. ABC, CBS, NBC. And then later Fox. And you liked it, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was it was fun to watch all that shit with her. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So is there anything now that the now that the end of the year is coming up? I'm not going to ask about New Year's resolutions because this year sucked and I'm sure nobody held to their resolution, but is there anything that you're looking forward to that is either coming up or coming out or um that you're that you're looking forward to that we haven't seen yet? Um, I'm looking forward to not having to wear a mask everywhere. No, that's not until 2022. Don't kick yourself. <sighs> yeah, well. <laughs> but no, there's nothing look, to look forward to. Oh, stop. There's no movies you're looking forward to? No. Mm, no. Not yet. No? We'll see. Ghostbusters Afterlife? You're not looking forward to that? I don't know. <laughs> After a discussion of reboots, it's like, oh, is it going to suck? <laughs> the only reason that I'm giving that a lot of hope is that it's it wasn't the idea of the studio. It was Ivan Reitman's kid being like, I've got an idea for a story. And pitching it to the studio and the studio, not really sure. And saying, okay, let's, let's try it. Um, I have much more faith in that than the studio chopping around a Ghostbusters script and just yeah. giving it to somebody. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that the surviving Ghostbusters make appearances, but, um, Everything that I've heard from people that have actually seen stuff of it said that it's, it's worth, it's, it's worth that time gap. Okay. So hopefully. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm looking forward to the matrix four because I'd like the other ones. Yeah. Um, I want to see what they do as far as like that had a definitive ending. So let's see yeah. how you bring Neo back. Right. Um, they bring back the little hairy girl at the end. <laughs> and I'm 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 vaguely interested in Top Gun too. Oh, really? Only because of the idea that they actually put the actors in fighter jets and had to teach them when the sun was in a certain position is when they could act like. Oh, okay. There was this whole idea of like, um, 
Tom Cruise wanted to see actual flying shots and acting at the same time and sitting down with those actors and being like, this is what you're trying to match. So the sun's got to be here and like giving them filmmaking lessons in order to become better actors. I kind of want to see how that all plays out. Okay. I have no interest in the story. I just want to see like the effects and the flying. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm also vaguely interested in the Suicide Squad film. Mm, yeah, we'll see. Only because I think James Gunn, if James Gunn can make a tree and a raccoon interesting, I think he could do it with Suicide Squad. But that's just me. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is coming out next year. Um, well, let's do it this way. 2021 movie releases. Let's see. So, is there anything coming out in January? Uh, Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway with James Corden. You want to watch that? Oh, nice. Yeah. It's him and Margot Robbie. I guess Margot Robbie will do anything for a paycheck. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> uh, there's another Cinderella movie coming out on February 5th. Okay. Um, there's a Jennifer Lopez movie called Marry Me. No, thanks. No? Nope. Um... There's that Bob Odenkirk movie, Nobody, where he's basically John Wick. I don't know mm. if you've seen the trailer for that. No. It's it's John Wick, just with an older guy. <laughs> it's really weird. Okay. Uh, what about the animated live-action hybrid Tom and Jerry? Definitely not. I would really like to know what goes on in the mind of Michael Pena. Because his... His picks for movies is all over the goddamn map. Yeah. He's doing The Martian, and then he's doing Ant-Man, and then he's doing Dora the Explorer. The Explorer, And then he's doing Tom and Jerry, and you're like, what? who is talking him into these movies? Right. They really need to, like, rein him in, because... I mean, I like Michael Pena as an actor, but does he need to do a Chips movie? Probably not. <laughs> uh, so in March, we have Coming to America 2, Mm-mm. Ghostbusters Afterlife, okay, and Raya and the Last Dragon with Aquafina and Casey Steele. Uh, okay. No? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's not on my must-see list, so mm-hmm. I'll have to... The prequel to The Kingsman called The King's Man. No interest in that. Did you see the first two? I saw the one with Julianne Moore in the meat grinder. So that's the second one. Okay. Okay. That's the one with Pedro Pascal, right? Is it where he played the with the whip? I don't remember. That's yeah. Don't remember. What about okay? March twenty sixth, Boss Baby two. No. 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 How about April second? With Fast and Furious 9. 
Mm, no. It's got John Cena in it. Oh, goody. No. My favorite actor. Well, he's also in Suicide Squad, so, you know. Yeah, I know. What about A Quiet Place 2? No. Did you see the first one? Nope. Hmm. Um, Black Widow in May? Eh. I'm still guessing that if this shit's still going on, they're going to do a they're going to do a release onto Disney plus at the same time. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. What about free guy with Ryan Reynolds where he, Ryan played, right, nah. he's in the, the video game. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. I don't know. Godzilla versus Kong. No, no, no. Nope. Uh, let's see in June. Venom, the 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 um the sequel. Mm, no, no. What about Mobius? Is that the vampire? Yeah, with Jared Leto. Uh, it's Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you don't like Jared Leto? No. Hmm. He was okay in the the Blade Runner sequel. Was he? Yeah, I mean he was weird for sure, but yeah, whatever. Uh, Top Gun Maverick we talked about. What about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. But probably not. Uh, Uncharted, based on the video game with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg? Mm, no. no. It's just Laura Croft without the tits. That's true. <sighs> so there's a... um. On August 6th, there's going to be competition between the Suicide Squad and Hotel Transylvania 4. Which do you think will be the winner? Hotel Transylvania 4. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, Suicide Squad's going straight to HBO Max. So, we'll see. You know, you've got that whole Adam Sandler demographic. <laughs> That's true. Um... There's a movie in August with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson called The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which I guess is a sequel to the other one. Okay. Um, there's a new Jackass movie coming out in September. Oh, goody. <laughs> Death on the Nile. That's, uh, that's, the, that's sequel the Kenneth to, Branagh? Yeah. Yeah. No? I, I did enjoy Orient Express. Okay. He just wants to wear that big ass mustache again. He does. He does. Uh, okay. So in October we have Dune. You have any interest yes. in seeing that? Yep. Okay. Adam's Family Two, which is the, animated. Yeah. No. No. It's nope. got Oscar Isaac and Charlie's Charlie's Theron in it. No. No. Mm-mm. Halloween Kills? No. Snake Eyes, the G.I. Joe Origins? No. Hmm. The Eternals? Is that another Marvel? Yes. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's an untitled Elvis Presley project in the works. Ooh, 
He was a good actor. That, that, that something to do with Tom Hanks. Okay. Okay. There's the un there's the untitled Spider Man sequel in November. Okay. Now I don't know how this this actual list is from November of this year, and it still has Fantastic Fantastic Beasts three in it. Okay. Which I which know they've already stopped filming on, right? Because of Johnny Depp. That's what I thought. So I don't know how yeah. this is going to go. Uh, November 19th is Mission Impossible 7. Yeah, no thanks. Hmm. Uh, then we have... How about West Side Story? No. No. Uh, Sing 2? Definitely not. Hmm. And then... Oh, these are all stuff that's been moved. Uh, something called Antlers with Kerry Russell and Jesse Plemons. Mm. Black Adam, which is The Rock. Right. Uh, the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. Uh, somewhere in this year, we're also going to get Matrix Force, but I don't, I haven't seen that anywhere. And then move to 2022 is The Batman. And Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, I don't think I'll be missing the movies that much this year. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a whole lot that has caught my eye here. <laughs> Which is sad because there used to be years where it's like, how am I going to see all these movies that I want to see? Right. And now it's, how come there are no movies I want to see? <laughs> Yeah. Sad. I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to stick with television. No, it's not watching on TV either, so. <laughs> okay, so I guess uh, we'll read books. What? <laughs> no. Sacrilege. This will become a very strange podcast. Did you read up to, to page 50 yet? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good times. Well, hopefully 2020 is a better, or 2021 is a better year than 2020. Yes. Hopefully we get this shit under control. Congress doesn't do anything stupid on January 6th. And then January 20th, we can start anew. Here's hoping. <laughs> Uh, good times. You got anything else before we wrap this up? No. For the year? For the year. For the year. Happy New Year. My 2021 resolu resolutions are going to be travel to the other side of the room, wear a different shirt, eat a vegetable, and maybe bathe. Oh, good. <laughs> In that order? No. No, I I, I want to keep you guessing. Okay. For sure. All right. Well, we hope that everybody has a wonderful New Year's and uh, hope everybody had a, a good Christmas. If you're out there and you're struggling, hopefully there's some relief on the way. Um, but if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. 
wear the damn mask.